Welcome back to Green Rush Live. I'm Josh Kincaid. I'm your host today with Jimmy is out. We got to go and buy a, a battery for the projector. Jimmy's actually a hologram. I don't know if you guys knew that. He's not even real. But uh, we've got a guest, Tom Howard. He's with uh, um, Cannabis Legalization News. Yeah. Yep. And also Cannabis Legalization News, the name of my firm is Collateral Base. Collateral I, Base. Uh, I, I did one of those things where I started a company and then I never ever try to brand or promote it it was just supposed to sound really good to banks so that i would have no problem opening a bank account as what we call in the industry a tier two mrb that is a marijuana related business but it's an ancillary that like and so i just today signed up my first non-cannabis client in like two years because of illinois just being just a turd out there when it comes to issuing new licenses mm -hmm. Talk to me about the Illinois sales. Um, according to headsets data, your total sales in Illinois is $140 million uh, last month. And that's been dropping significantly. So is it, you have to kind of infer from the data, Tom, but are you thinking that it's from out-of-state people that aren't coming in anymore? Or is it people that are cutting back because of inflation? Or what do you think it is like the last six months consistently seeing sales decreased? Uh, there's several things that are going on. First, the uh, number of new operators is zip zero. And so we're really only talking about a population of almost 13 million and 110 retail locations. That's it. No delivery. You have to go there. And an eighth, just an eighth, when you walk out the door after all the taxes on there as an adult is probably in the ballpark of 75 bucks. Now, the other thing you have is medical grow that uh, I have in my basement and a lot of other medical card holders have, and medical sales have been stagnant. However, um, illicit sales are up, and uh, illicit sales are probably to uh, explain why it's stalled and why there's no new increase. There's no new supply that's coming online in the terms of operators. There's no new supply coming online in the terms of new products that might crash the price, like in a Washington state or a California, when you walk into that dispensary or that pot shop, as they call it up there, you can leave with a high quality eighth for less than $35. That is impossible in the state of Illinois. Uh, just absolutely impossible. Now, if we had a hundred craft growers and 185 new dispensaries uh, crashing the price. It's like from a $60 an eighth to a, a $45 an eighth to a $35 an eighth, uh, the guys that are selling on the street, um, they wouldn't be as attractive anymore. But uh, there's been no enforcement of it. Uh, there's the illicit market is booming and, and nobody's getting arrested for it. So why? I mean, like if you can go buy it from your guy and it's better, it's fresher, uh, it's it's runs, it's not, uh, you know, Cresco presents a new cross, one of its parents might have been runs. It's the actual strain that you were trying to find as opposed to the MSO interpretation of that strain. Plus, it's not a great experience buying weed in Illinois. Uh, you know, you go there, uh, it's, it's kind of like, it reminds me of the nuts, I'll date myself, obviously, uh, the Seinfeld episode, the, the soup Nazi, where you, you go in, get checked in, you say your thing, you go to the next thing, you take your bag, and yes, it's in a paper bag, and you leave. End of discussion. You don't, you're not hanging out. You don't get to inspect any flour, bulk flour, raw flour, none of that, uh, you know, and so it's, that would, that's my take as to why 
And I'm kind of surprised that numbers haven't even gone down, but they, they've definitely stalled. Yeah, I'm seeing uh, the even the sales growth was at 33% in January, dipped to 17 in February, uh, came up a little bit, whereas Washington's negative. Our year over sales growth is negative eight, negative 11, negative 7%. And California is kind of flat. I would say four and six and 7% sales growth is flat for California that brought in $420 million in sales in February, but is still seeing consistently decreasing sales. Christopher, what's what's the story behind that? Because if you're seeing decreasing in sales, a lot of people are saying it's the illicit market. And yet that I don't know if the illicit market is taking money away uh, unless it's the people are running away from the uh, the the regulated marketplace because of inflation or high prices or unless there's a better alternative. What's your take, Christopher? Why is there a decrease in overall sales? I have to admit to you, Josh, that I've been buying less weed and I'm afraid it's crashing the market in California. I'm sorry. <laughs> and um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have to up my game a little bit and uh, I'm going to have to go along the stocks first. And, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be juicing that market all by myself and getting it done. Um, I think that, I think that, you know, a, a reading of most news uh, would tell us that, you know, COVID, for example, last couple of years, I think made strange a lot of numbers. Uh, and I think we'll probably find this across the board in, in many, many industries, either, um, you know, big jumps or big dives because of COVID, because we've been locked inside, because we haven't been able to socialize all of those sorts of things. Um, being locked inside and not able to socialize, I think, uh, sent a lot of people to buy uh, at the dispensaries. I think that helps sales a lot. Um, so it may be that the pullback is really a lot more natural uh, and a lot more sort of natural cycle than we think. Um, I, I worry that we get into these, uh, you know, even in any other industries, we're talking about stock price, whatever, we get stuck into that quarterly reporting, which is such a short window. And that, you know, markets and the companies and industries take a lot more time to actually uh, evolve and have things actually happen. So if you look at every single quarter, we're, we're more likely to try to interpret some kind of disaster into those numbers when, in fact, a longer look might help. So maybe the annual numbers are maybe a little bit, a little bit more helpful. In California, the thing that, you know, we talked about quite a bit, and I know that everybody's sort of heard our, our tale of woe about um, massive overproduction and massive under um, representation at the retail level. So we have, we have a huge amount of product that's depressing the price of that product because there's so much. So law of supply and demand means that, you know, when there's lots of supply, price goes down. Uh, also, we have less retail options than we should. Uh, I think maybe to like you were saying, Tom, about Illinois, you have a terribly small number of retail outlets in Illinois based on the population. It's, it's massively under uh, supported. Uh, we have the same problem in California. We have um, something like 70% of the municipalities in California have opted out of having local cannabis uh, dispensaries. Um, an effort that I'm actually sort of involved in. So, uh, many of these uh, municipalities actually voted in favor of, but then the local city councils didn't allow cannabis. So there's a, there's a shift, there's a change happening. Uh, you know, the, the will of the voters wasn't even really respected. So hopefully those things are becoming righted as well. Um, so prices going down, stock prices, this and that. There's a lot of consolidation happening in California as well. Uh, we have some of the bigger, uh, more recognized brands. For example, there's a, you know, the sort of the legendary dispensary brand out here called Harborside 
has just merged together with another dispensary brand called Urban Leaf and a third company, which is a manufacturer, um, a grower manufacturer called Loud Pack. So they put that together three way. Uh, that new entity is called Statehouse. Um, interestingly, it's being the, the CEO of Statehouse is the CEO of Urban Leaf, not of uh, not of Harborside. You would think that the big well-known entity would come out on top, but in fact, that's not what's happened. So the CEO is uh, uh, of, of Urban Leafs, a guy named Ed Schmaltz, who's now the, the head of this new entity. Just yesterday, I believe it was yesterday, um, the local uh, dispensary competitor of Urban Leaf, uh, local community being San Diego area, um, called March and Ash, is now combining with a, a a grower a manufacturer called Canacraft. So that consolidation is happening a lot in California. So we're going to be seeing some some shifts in uh, branding of stores and and products and and that sort of thing. So there's an awful lot of change happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I don't have any information on the consolidation in Illinois, but Washington is uh, one out of the top 10 brands own one fifth of the market in Washington, whereas in California, the top 10 brands own a third of the market. So pr pretty, uh, pretty significant. And when we look at year over year over year, in terms of the average amount that individuals are going in and spending, it, it peaked in May of, of last uh, year. So with Illinois, right now, the average basket size or the amount of, uh, that people are going in and buying each time is decreasing. Um, but in some markets, the amount that they're going to the store is increasing. So it's like they're going in and spending less, but they're going more often. And that's a matter of uh, convenience. I would say, you know, in normal times, that would be a, an indicator that the market is maturing. But I think a lot of it has to do with inflationary pressures and people just can't afford to go and spend a lot. So in yeah. Illinois, on average, they're going in and spending uh, $88.5 and they're going 1.5 million times. Washington, however, they're spending like 33 bucks, but they're going in twice as often. They're going in three over 3 million times. So about, it's about price and convenience. That's the main uh, decision maker for any product, no matter what. And in Washington, we definitely have been around long, uh, a long time, and it's all about convenience. I would say the average basket size in California, as high as it was, is because you have delivery. We don't. So your delivery price of $65 keeps that artificially high. But the fact that it's at $59 now tells me that more and more people are going into the store and bringing that price down, but there's still 6.8 million people going in and buying stuff. Uh, are you seeing anything to the contrary, Christopher, or would you say that people you're seeing more people going back in as some of these lockdowns has been lifted? I think I'm, I'm going to speculate really here uh, just about sort of general uh, behavior. Uh, I, I do believe that inflation is infecting, affecting people uh, like it is uh, anywhere. And, and so we're probably talking about groceries and gasoline and, and every sort of bu buying decision, you know, is a little bit more expensive these days. Uh, I think that we're really all of us uh, are realigning or getting sort of readjusted or reacquainted with uh, the normal work life and the normal sort of schedule of things and going out to meals and going to the movies and all the all the sort of pre-COVID things that were normal business. So we're getting used to all that sort of stuff. Um, I just think that there's, I, I, I get the sense just sort of socially that there's sort of, sort of a, a 
everyone's sort of pulling back a little bit and trying to kind of readjust and figure out uh, what's happening. I'm just not so sure that all of these numbers are, are necessarily indicative. I just think that they're a snapshot maybe, but I'm not sure if they indicate any, any sort of long-term trend. How about you, Tom? $88 is still quite a bit. It's almost three times as much as Washington. People are still out there getting their, their fill with, with cannabis, standing in long lines, or what's the scene these days? Uh, well, a couple of things. I mean, first, in Illinois, uh, we only have 21 cultivators, and uh, six of them control 77% of the market. Oh, boy. Uh, and, and so, like, you really have a couple options. That's it. <clears throat> and then... I think you're absolutely right that inflation's playing a role uh, simply because if it costs, I mean, people are on fixed incomes. They don't just, they don't get to go to the boss and be like, Hey, prices are up 10%. I need my weed, but weed prices really aren't up that much. And so I haven't seen inflation hit that like have at the, uh, the gas station, for example. Uh, and, and so I think that definitely explains why the sales would be down. Um, but you know, it's, it, it's expensive to go to the dispensary in Illinois. Uh, it is like if you go there and you get out and you've not spent a hundred dollars, you did good. Uh, you know, the cheapest eighth that you can get is probably $45. Uh, and that would be one of those eighths that they've, they've cut because it wasn't selling. And then it's getting close to its recall date or its expiration date. Uh, but then, you know, if you're Verano, which is 33 cents on the dollar of cannabis sold in Illinois in 2020, uh, was Verano weed, um, man, that's, that's a great position to be in if you can. And then you only have so many places that it can be sold. Uh, and you had that kind of market share. Uh, all these other forces, I don't think really bother them that much. That's Rockefeller country right there. That's, that's, that's standard oil sort of uh, <laughs> control level. There's a lot, there's a lot of money being thrown around right now. Cresco labs merging with Columbia. So you have your Illinois and your New York merger when you guys think about that and like big cannabis versus thinking about something that people actually want, which I, I think of like a, a cookies brand that has those genetics that you desire. When you're looking at the industry as a whole and you have those two kind of dichotomies between what people want and what's being offered to you, where do you see the industry headed? Is it going to be a combination of both? Or are we going to see one dominate the other? Or what are you guys looking forward to? Mm -hmm. Chris, go ahead on that one. I think, um, well, first of all, I'm not sure that uh, too many brands have really established themselves or, or sort of singled themselves out for any particular meaning. Uh, I mean, out here in California, for example, we have one brand that I, I like quite a lot just for their branding. Uh, it's called Papa and Barkley. Uh, the, the legend or the founder's legend of Papa and Barkley is wonderful and heartwarming. As a matter of fact, the founder's father um, was ill with cancer, and uh, he created a cannabis balm, a topical, which helped him in his uh, in his last days uh, survive more comfortably. And Barkley was the was the dad's dog. So anyway, the whole brand is built around a story that's of course very heartwarming and connected. The the. The, the, the workings of the brand, the people who are working and developing new products are extremely passionate and missioned about high quality, natural, um, and uh, really, really authentic processes, authentic, uh, you know, local growers and that kind of stuff. So they're, they're top to bottom, really, really missioned around an absolutely top quality product. Um, at the other side, I think we have uh, groups like Tom, I think we're talking about like Verano, for example, they're just big, right? Big weed. 
big like the big Canadian weed companies, right? The the big giants, you know, they have hundred, two hundred thousand square foot, you know, indoor grows kind of stuff. They put out, you know, thousands and thousands of pounds out the door every, you know, every week kind of a thing. And the, the quality is, is is quite a different level. I'm not sure if people honestly there are purists, of course, we get just like in craft beer or wine or uh, tequila or, or anything, cars, I guess, you know, people who, who need a certain level of quality. But I'll bet that there is, in addition to the vast, the, the broad legalization, I think there's a broad sort of people getting used to what they're willing to pay, what they're willing to, what kind of high they're looking for. I think I'll bet a lot of people are willing to sort of say, I, I get high, that's enough. Mm. I think it may be like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with them on that. I think a lot of the consumers are not snobs. A lot of the consumers are uh, passive. It's like, it gets me high. It costs this much. It's convenient in my purse for a vape pen or something like that. Or it's a pack of pre-rolls and I'm going to go out to the game or the concert with the guys, uh, yep. that type of thing those aspects i think is where big weed is going to shine uh when it can be convenience and when it can be um keeping it low-key or something like that but what what burner and the cookies people have done is very impressive by taking one of the biggest challenges in the industry the acquisition of the actual tier one mrb plant touching license that is a crapshoot like i've never seen and then you won't put social equity into the mix and now I'm talking about like, I'm going to get a Ouija board out. We're going to get your team right. Let's figure out how we get through this license. Uh, and, and so if you have this brand that's based on IP, you can just kind of glaze over the top of that stuff and move. Uh, and, and that's the, the aspect of the industry that I find really, really intriguing. And the only way that I could see a true nationwide player, but the other guys, the Veranos, the GTIs, they're just too freaking... Um, confident in, in their own abilities to even recognize that they're like no our stuff is going to be the best it's going to be amazing we're going to have all this and then the other guy's playing a different game and just kicking their ass and then everybody's using their genetics and just crossing them up and then saying like oh yeah we got that it's like it's, it's not really that like you'd have to get the ip from him to be able to put this genetic into you know your circulation yeah uh, and, and, but i just think that's as people get a relationship more with the plant and it becomes more publicly accepted. I mean, like shows like this, there is an ongoing algorithmic censorship that is preventing this law from getting changed. Uh, you just can't tell how many people actually want this changed because of the active censorship of uh, YouTube, of uh, Facebook, of, of social media, because they do not want to be complicit in a federal crime. And I get it. I mean, that makes perfect sense. And so that allows these, um, these people that are publicly traded to try to force their brands by acquiring the actual license. Uh, and that it's just difficult to do because, you know, I was talking to a guy from Missouri today and he's like, yeah, we are really lucky to be able to pull this off and all that other stuff. And, but of course the, the mayor's friends in St. Louis got a license and the guys in Kansas city and the governor's buddies, they got a whole bunch. And I'm like, really, you know, that happens in every state when they try to limit the market and control it. And so like Florida, Florida is the prime example of that one company. Oh my and, and that company wrote the rules. Talk about rent seeking behavior. It's like, what can we do that no one else has put an orange grove in the statute, you know, and, and, and I see the opposite for the social equity. It's like, 
how do we make sure that everybody who comes in after us is going to just totally blow it, fail, and, and then we can pick them up for pennies on the dollar? Well, make sure that they're woefully undercapitalized. And then in the case right. of Connecticut, they owe somebody else $3 million to boot, you know? They'll sell for anything we're going to offer them. Absolutely. Then we'll pick them all up. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the Florida market, boy, is utterly corrupt. And we have to also remember that we're in a country where something like 70% of people drink Budweiser. So quality is not the first choice, right? The brand, the price in the shopping cart, off to the game. I mean, it's, you know, it's that. So there's a whole lot of adjustment, you know, cannabis is, is different by nature that we all know about, of course, because we are, you know, we are among connoisseurs and I don't even consider myself really a connoisseur at all. And yet, you know, we are knowledgeable enough to know um, how quality is developed and, and why quality matters. But I think a lot of people are like, eh, I got high. Here's a loaded question. Uh, ballot <laughs> initiatives have been replaced by legislative initiatives I think it's because lobbyists prefer that or these these uh, vested or, or interested companies that that want limited licenses and can, you know, benefit financially from that want a legislative initiative want a limited license state. Um, would you would you guys agree with that as, as we kind of see Scott's going in quarter million dollars in New York and and, you know, these the, the Cresco Columbia deal these massive mergers where they kind of just see uh big conglomerates forming is that a result of the legislative initiatives allowing that to happen uh maybe illinois maybe illinois was maybe california's was but with what they're doing in new york and that was my uh, topic today uh the dispensing side that looks exactly like what they did in illinois and they're gonna be screwed uh but we don't know yet because we don't have all the regs uh, and then the cultivation side is fascinating in the sense that the only people that could do it for the first two years are hemp farmers. But that at least, you know, uh, decentralizes the supply of, of the product. And then there's no dispensaries yet. And they've made it they, they, it's super social equity in New York for dispensaries. It's called justice involved. Nobody is going to be this. It's hilarious. And so um, first, you have to be a marijuana convict. Then you also have to own at least 10% of a company that has turned a profit for the past two years. So um, then it gets a little bit more you know, tomfoolery. Then they, they judge you by how social equity justice involved you are. They say, well, was it your arrest or was it your kid's arrest or your spouse's arrest? Well, where were you arrested? Were you arrested in the, the projects or were you arrested on Long Island? Uh, and then they go, okay, now 51% of your license has to be owned by that type of person and 30 percent has to be to just one guy who has control and you're like all right so you can't dilute these people out uh, and and then how many people are actually in the state that would qualify for this uh, and when you have that type of thing if it is in a limited market the only thing that happens is lawsuits that last years now if there, there's no numbers in the murder uh, and so the murder is the, the law that's in New York. And so uh, if the, uh, the regulator just allows an unlimited number of licenses, similar to Michigan, similar to uh, New Jersey, uh, then it's not so bad. But we have to kind of see how this plays out. Uh, the, the legislative initiative that was playing out in Illinois, um, woof, I think that was written by like uh, Verano and Cresco. 
but you have to start somewhere. And then all the ballot initiative states, they're done. I think they've all blown out or changed their rules to almost make it pre uh, uh, preclusing the, the cannabis ballot initiative that would be coming. Like, uh, some states, and I think Florida is one of them, will change their rules of the ballot initiative to make it more difficult to get on the ballot as they see cannabis trying to come toward it. So then they're really kind of back-ended uh, into the legislative initiative. But Illinois, uh, our ballot initiative ability is like this frickin' thin. Uh, and other states are like that, too. Appreciate that. Uh, well, to watch how this plays out, you're going to have to come back to Green Rush Live next time when we bring up the same topic. Uh, but in the meantime, Tom, where can people find you at? Where are you at online? Tom Howard, of course, with uh, Collateral Base. Mm -hmm. CannabisIndustryLawyer.com is my law blog. Uh, and then we just uh, updated our CannabisLegalizationNews.com. So now whenever we post a video on uh, Cannabis Legalization News on YouTube, uh, it gets automatically turned into a blog post. Uh, and then, of course, wherever podcasts can be downloaded, you can find the Cannabis Legalization News, pod News Podcast. Appreciate you joining us, Tom, as always. And Christopher Smith, where are you at? Well, I'm in California, but I uh, can be found online, AmericanCannabisReport.com. Uh, I have an interview show, American Cannabis Report, that uh, actually also broadcasts from Pro Cannabis Media. So you can find me there on their site as well and on all the socials. Uh, 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 YouTube, etc. cetera, uh, you know, Instagram, all, the, all across the board, but American Cannabis Report, uh, where I do print and, uh, and interview uh, content. Well, and I'm Josh Kincaid. I've been the host while Jimmy ate a thousand milligram edible and passed out. No one could wake him up, but he, don't worry. He's going to be back next week. You can find me at the Talking Hedge or, you know, anywhere that cannabis podcasts are played. But with that, I think we're going to have to roll this one up. So I want to thank my guests, Christopher Smith and Tom Howard. And I want to thank all of y'all don't worry. Don't, don't forget to come back next week for Green Rush Live. With that, we're going to have to roll this one up. Y'all have a great weekend. We're out. Pro Cannabis Media Programming is available live and on demand on our Facebook page at Pro Canna Media, on Instagram at Pro Cannabis Media, on LinkedIn, also at Pro Cannabis Media, on YouTube and YouTube Live on Pro Cannabis Media, Twitter at Pro Canna Media, and on twitch.tv backslash Pro Cannabis Media. So like, share, and subscribe to all of our content, newsletters, and shows live or on demand. We are Pro Cannabis Media. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% .9 of our DNA is identical. It's a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important, their journey. Learn what makes them unique on Everything is Personal.